Welcome to the Heart of a Man podcast. We are a movement of men pursuing faith, character, personal growth, and meaningful friendships. If you'd like to learn more about us and our mission to rebuild the American family one man at a time, please visit us at heartofaman.org. We hope you enjoy this lesson from our series called Genesis, Why Is It This Way? All right, delighted to be with you. Um, I love the idea of heart of a man. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I heard a little here and there. And then they were having this planning, um, I guess a couple of days, uh, looking at how to launch this nationally. And I was honored to be one of the people who was sitting there a couple of days trying to give some wisdom, so on and so forth. But my heart was really touched to get an up-close look and hear the passion and the heart and what's being done. I mean, after all, God starts with the heart of everybody. That's where he is. he's at. He's going to transform you from the inside out. So I was really impressed with that. And it's an honor to be here with you tonight. And uh, it was an honor to sit in the small group and hear you uh, go through the scriptures, say what you got out of it, hear different people say what they got out of it, encourage one another, pray for one another. That was, uh, that was great for me. So thank you for that. And uh, I'm here, you know, bless uh, Brother Moore. He, he was trying to get me here early. He's trying to get me here at 6.30 to pray. He's trying to get me here at some other time. But, but I'm tired tonight, man. I'm telling you right now. I, uh, I, I, had a, a, I preached Sunday at a local church here. And then Monday night, uh, I was, went into work, been to work all day long. Then we had an elders meeting here. That went to about quarter of 10 last night. And I drove home, and I had a Bible study at 7.45 this morning, and I've been going on all day long. I spoke to a, a round table of pastors across the country on Zoom this afternoon, and so I'm here tonight, and this old man is tired. <laughs> but, uh, but I am delighted to be with you, and it's such a good time to spend here with you. And what I want to do tonight is you've looked at the scripture, you've been looking at the scripture, you've discussed the scripture, but one of the things I always like to remind myself, any, any particular scripture you're looking at in the Bible, the Bible is a storybook. There's a theme going through everything. There's this big theme, we call it the meta theme, and then, but you and, some, you and I, we often get caught up in this one moment, this historical thing, what's going on. God's got an overall picture, and that should encourage us. Because you're not the first people to have problems. And I think you could see that tonight, reading through Genesis 20. You said, come on, Abe, you're supposed to be the man of faith. I mean, what you doing here, Bob? You know, you're not, you're not this perfect little guy. In fact, I remember my wife, one thing she said to me, reading through the Bible, she said, wow, they had some messed up families in the Bible. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's kind of hard to find one that wasn't. But... Um, but, but, but the idea that you want to get a hold of this God and learn from these individuals that God has given us these stories that we relate to, but, but, but you look down and you look in there, but you look beyond there at the hand of God. He has a promise that he's bringing to fruition. Uh, Isaac, it's going to be born, and, and he's spoken to Abraham, given him a promise and all of that, and you see God interacting in his life, and, and, and Abraham... I just can't get over it. In Genesis 18, here he is pleading for God's mercy. Pleading for God's mercy. If there's 50 righteous, will you save this place? 40, got down to 10. God, if there's 10 righteous, will you save this place? God, couldn't find 10 righteous, so Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And he went through all of that. And yet he wasn't righteous. 
in Genesis 20. You think about that. How deceptive our hearts are. The heart is it's wicked. Since the fall. Wicked. And you and I being redeemed by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, indwelt by the Spirit of God, we can get lulled into thinking that somehow it's not as wicked as the Bible says it is. At least I'm not as wicked as the Bible says. And unless you and I do what you're talking about, taking an internal, continual look at our own hearts, Open before God, transparent, not trying to fool anybody, not trying to put on any show. But God, look at me, search me and try me. Know my heart today. The Spirit of God will expose your weaknesses, but he'll stick with you to expel them. You and I get afraid of being exposed. Because we think that's the end of the story. But as a born-again child of God, the exposure is just the beginning. He's going to expel it. The Spirit of God is with you to conform you more to the image of the Son of God. And one of the most special places you could be is in a place of transparency and honesty. Because listen to me, men. God is not looking for your strength. He's looking for your weakness. Because when we're weak, we're made strong. And one of the great deceptions of the devil is I got to put on the act like I'm strong. I don't have any problems. I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. I'm not, I, 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 I got it. That's the devil. Because when you're depending on yourself, Paul says, I've learned that when I'm weak, I'm made strong. One of the things you're doing in the heart Heart of man, you're getting together and talking about your weaknesses, talking about where you struggle. But you're not just wallowing in the struggling. You're not just affirming that, that, that situation that you're in. But no, what you're doing is believing God. And you go through trials just like people in the Bible. It's interesting that Abimelech, an unsaved, had to call Abraham out, had to spare his wife. That lineage, Sarah was a child of God and she was going to bear the son of God, the covenant child of God. God protected her even when her husband didn't have the guts to. That's the type of God you serve. And I think if he can do that with old Abe, he can do that with you and me. And we need to believe him to that end. What I want to do tonight is I think about this, and you were asking a lot of questions, at least the group I was in these, went through these questions, great questions. And God has just done something wonderful in my life tonight, and I want to just be transparent with you and speak about that and apply it to the situation with Abraham and especially his fear for his own life, fear of possible failure that led him to lie. And he could kind of fudge and say, well, it wasn't really a lie. I mean, she's part of my sister. You know what I mean. It ain't all lying. It ain't all bad. But in the heart, it's fear of his own selfish preservation. This man has the power to kill me. Now, he's went through that before, right? He should have learned something back then, but he didn't. Kind of like us. 
Should have learned that before, but you didn't. My wife passed November 2021. I've spoken in Bermuda a couple times, a few times over there, and had a pastor friend over there. Shortly after Sharon passed, he called me and he said, um, he just wanted to see how I was doing. And then he said, Brother Ware, um, if you need to get away, our church will pay for all expenses for you to come to Bermuda and spend a week over here just recuperating. Well, I don't usually take those type of invitations. and I, That's good, but now I'm keep on going for Jesus. A year, last year, they had a hurricane over there, and I called to see how he was doing. He says, we're safe. We're good. He said, by the way, that offer still stands. So I said, okay. Now, a lot of people were telling me, you need to take that offer, man. You need to go over there. So September 2nd, I went to Bermuda. Beautiful weather. Now, I had a, the friendly skies was not too friendly. I went, I went from here to Charlotte, and when I, I had to get up, I had, I had a six or six, no, seven o'clock flight here, so I had to get up early, go to the airport. I get to Charlotte, they delayed my flight by an hour. I said, man, people get it together. Then they come up with another delay. My flight was delayed for 22 hours and 58 minutes. That's not a delay, that's a cancellation. I was flying out six o'clock the next morning, but I still made it to Bermuda, so praise the Lord. Got a nice little place to stay, got a place to sit, looking out over the water, the blue water. I'd get up in the morning, listen to the Bible. I pray a bit, go back to sleep, get back up, listen to the Bibles, do some reading. Then I go with some people. We talk about Jesus. And I thought, Lord, I can get used to this. <laughs> I said, I, th I, th I think when I go back, I'm going to retire and, and do this. But, but, but Tuesday was an interesting time there because I was into this routine and that Tuesday I was, uh, the pastor said, we're having a prayer meeting tonight if you want to come. I said, yeah, I'll come to prayer meeting. And um, I was, Tuesday, I was just telling the Lord, hey, I'm helping with this book. I want to, I want to redo my PowerPoint on, based on this book and all this stuff. And then, God, give me wisdom what you want me to do, blah, 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 blah. And out of nowhere, I got the thought. You're here trying to find out what I want to say through you. I brought you here for what I want to say to you. And it changed my whole focus. Instead of trying to prepare a presentation, I began to say, Lord, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. And I began to pray that prayer, and God began to answer that prayer. In fact, one thing that hit me with that Tuesday night when I went back to that prayer meeting, uh, after the prayer meeting, small prayer meeting, by the way, but these people pray. I mean, they pray. They know God. I'd rather be with four that pray than 4,000 who don't. And I was leaving, and this guy comes up to me. He said, Dr. Ware, Dr. Ware. He said, God woke me up at 2 a.m. this morning and laid you on my heart. And I prayed for you that God would speak to you. And then I thought back, yeah, well, God just burdened me to focus on what he want to say to me rather than what he want to say through me. And those next few days, 
It's times of confession, tears. Some of the things you're talking about in some of these questions. God began to deal with me, and I was all about grace relations and what the future that's going to be and all that. And God began to deal with me, and God began to say, you know, you, 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 you got a way of saying things. You know, Abe had a way of saying things. They were half-truths. God said, you got a way of saying things. I tell people all the time, yeah, God's called me this grace relations ministry, but I think he just want to waste my life. Nobody want to hear this stuff. And I'm trying to tell God, I told God a couple of times, I don't want to do this. You waste my life, but he won't let me go. And I'm talking like that. And, and, and God hit me and said, that's sin. That's a lack of faith. No, you try to make it look good and you try to make it sound funny. But the idea is, I called you to this. I have you preaching my word. My word will not come back to me void. You need to dip. And I had to confess to God. This, yes, God, this is a lack of faith. This is sin. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Jesus told, P- told Peter, the devil is desired to have you to like sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. That your faith fell not. And God began to deal and rip my heart and said, this is just pure unbelief. He reminded me that we did seven national multi-ministry conferences. After seven national multi-ministry conferences, I decided, look, I got Tony Evans coming in here. I got Joe Stowe coming in here. I got Crawford Larris coming in. I got all these people coming in. And we get 300 people. That's a waste of time. Nobody want to hear this subject, and I have to raise money for it. And I can anyway. I made a decision. I'm gonna stop it. We did seven of them. I stopped. And when I was over there, God broke my heart and said, "You stop because you lack the perseverance and faith to continue to do what I told you to do. Think where you've been helping the church if you'd have kept those going over these years." But no, you short-circuited. That was unbelief. That was a lack of perseverance. That's a, that was a lack of pursuing my will for what I called you to do. And I broke many tears. I cried. I wept. And God, he said, he dealt with me even more. He says, you lost your focus. You lost your focus. You don't even know what I want to, what grace relations is a biblical concept. It's Paul's concept of the church. I don't talk about race. I talk about grace because I want to get to the heart of the matter, if you will. Your jealousy, your envy, your pride, your selfishness, and be broken by God's grace. And then God just hit me with, I don't tell people about resources we have. Um, and, 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 and the issue is, I don't like resources that I produce. I don't like sermons I preach. I don't like books I write. I just don't like them. And I tell, I ain't going to promote that. I'm like, hey, you want to buy a book? You want to buy a book? You have a book. You know what I mean. But I don't. I remember once the first time I spoke for Ken Ham. I spoke for Ken Ham, and I, I went there, and I had about five, um, I think they were, were they cassettes back in those days, or CDs, a long time ago. I had about five of those and three or four books. And they gave me a table to set up, and I set up the table. And the guy says, 
this all you bring to Ken Hill me? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, don't be the one that they can order some more if they want it. After I spoke, people took him up, and I'm standing up against the wall. Ken Ham's standing up next to me. He says, I mean, you could sin once, but don't do it twice. How come you ain't bringing no materials here? I said, well, I don't like what I do. Well, I said, I said, I, I said, if people want it, they can have it, but I don't like it. He said, you need to get over that. <laughs> He said, on your worst night, you're better than 80% of the people who speak on this subject. Well, sounds good, but still don't believe it. In fact, I'm on a video, Ken Ham and I talking about book One Race, One Blood. Ken Ham said, this book, One Race, One Blood, this is the best book written on race. goes from science and the Bible. And I'm listening to him saying, it's not that good. Um, (laughs) But what God hit me with, God says, I've worked in your life. I've shaped you. I've called you. I've spoke to you. I'm speaking through you. Don't take the light that I have lit and put it under a bushel. That is sin. You let me decide what I do with the things I burden you about. And to produce. You let me decide what I'm going to do with your life. You, your problem is you are proud because you think you will fail. You think people will reject your products. But that's my work. That's my glory. And you need to believe me and get it out there. I come back here a new man. In fact, I started reading my own books. <laughs> and, 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 and one of the things that happened in, 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 in Bermuda was that Sunday night they had a service and I told them why I was there and they were praying for me and all. And actually they went, went 45 minutes over the service because they just kept asking questions. And they were so concerned and they wanted to pray for me. And... Um, one lady, I was telling, well, is somebody going to help me to get a national strategy? And they said, uh, well, what about Bermuda? Can we have one over here? <laughs> and I'm like, well, we got to get national first. And, 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 and I said, so, so my son, Matt, he follows me, and I put stuff on Facebook, and I said, well, this is national strategy. So Matt puts on Facebook, global, not national, global. I'm like, come down, boy. You just keep. We're all right. We're all right. So I'm reading the book, One Race, One Blood. And I'm reading about the Grace Relations Dream. And I'm reading, and I'm reading a lot. I wrote this. The Grace Relations Network will be a global movement. God says, son, you done lost your mind. You floating around here. You don't even know what I told you to do. And so he brings me back and he says, you need to get focused. The good can be the enemy of the best. And I, I need to get focused and I need to get back to what God is calling me. So I'm reading that book and I'm sitting there and I'm weeping and I'm crying and I'm confessing to God, this is what you were saying to me. I haven't been doing it. This is bad. I, I got to get back. I got to get back on track. I'm back now. 
Because here's something God said to me over there. Confession is good for the soul. But you need repentance. Confession is admission that you've done wrong. Repentance is change. And God said, you ain't going anywhere just with confession. When you go back to the U.S., there needs to be repentance. You need to be a changed man. You need to walk in faith. You need to get focused on what I've called you to do. And you need to believe that I'm going to expand what I'm doing, not because of you. Oh, I thought I taught you that a long time ago. But because of what I'm doing in and through you, I call that the grace of God. And I'm telling you, I'm back. I asked my assistant, I said, how many people we got in the Grace Relations Network? We got a a newsletter we do once. How many people we got in there? She said, 200. I said, 200. All right. By the end of the year, we're going to have 1,000. And then I'm going for 10,000 because God wants this. And one thing I'm going to ask you guys, I've asked Bill if he'll send you out an email with a, with a QR code, the fancy stuff, you know, you just take your phone. But it'll take you, it'll take you to a site so you can sign up. You'll get newsletters from me. But you know what I, what I need from you? Prayer. Prayer. I believe in prayer. I need prayer. In fact, one of the things that my faith was broken in this because I said, Lord, I know I don't produce the fruit. You do. And the devil hit me with, yeah, the Lord's going to use you, going to get you out there. People are going to be looking to you. Then the Lord's going to draw back and you're going to fail. One of the reasons you use the meta story of the Bible because if you read it all the way through, God never fails. And if we're faithful and do what he wants us to do, he won't fail with us. So what, what I want to challenge you with is I cha- God's still speaking to me. Since I've been back, I picked up this book. This was the second multiracial ministry conference we had. And I, and I picked up this book and I began to read it. And I just stopped crying. Lord. Did this. Some of you asked me how Matt's doing. Right now he's doing pretty good. He's in bed, but his wife is in, in uh, ER right now. She's his main caregiver. I got to pray. And God showed me in this book, I had a desire. I said, I'm a preacher in every, every country in the world. And then Matt got paralyzed. And I said, Lord, I got to take care of my family. And I can't do anything. I got I to gotta take care of my family. And you, some of you know the story, but, but, but when it comes to the preaching side, I served on a mission board, ABWE. I was sending out emails. People were praying around the world for Matt. Because of his testimony, he was on the local news here. And God hit me, and I put it right in this book. God's, weak, God's power is shown in our weakness. When he broke me and I had no means of doing anything, I had to take care of my son. He provided and he got the gospel out further that way than he could with my family being gone. And God says, you forgot that. 
It's me, not you. So I'm telling you, I'm back. I'm with faith now. I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. I don't know what he's going to do. But I know I'm going to be yielded to him and be part of it. And I ask you to do the same. Come with me on that grace relation journey. Watch me. See what God does. In fact, I'll close with this. Last night, one of the men who led me to Christ, he was a youth pastor. He's in Spokane, Washington. After I left here, he called me. I'm headed home, going on 10 o'clock. And he said, Charlie, call me Charlie. That's what I was in high school. He said, Charlie, we just had a guy preaching our church from Rwanda. He's a young Charlie Ware. He's over in Rwanda. They're having these gospel meetings all over. I told him he needs to meet you. And so we talked on the phone last night. He's coming to Akron, Ohio for two weeks before he goes back to Rwanda. And while we were talking, he asked me, uh, I'd like to meet you and talk to you. Would you consider speaking via Zoom to one of our evangelistic crusades in Rwanda? God says it's going to be global. Guard your heart. Spend time looking at your heart through the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God expose your sin because He will expel your sin. Heart of a man is a good place to do that. God bless you.